What a great, great, wonderful morning to be here in the house. Y'all excited to be in the house of the Lord? Yes, I am too. I'm excited to be here. I love to fill in when our pastor's on vacation. You guys, uh, he needs that, and we, man, we try to encourage it. We try to get him to go and spend time with his family. And so, anyway, uh, you guys, y'all are stuck with me today, and it's going to be all right. We're going to get through it. And power started with a little scam. That's all right. <laughs> Nina. Ain't nothing. It's a little payback. He's like, I get tired of y'all calling me up and just stand forever. So, a little payback there. Second Timothy chapter three. Paul writes the the book of Second Timothy, what's believed to be in prison, rearrested. Here's what's also believed that he will not see Timothy again, and he's writing this encouragement. And we're just going to jump in, kind of right in the middle of chapter three, and take seven verses and look at it because I truly believe, uh, as we do, you know, Mike's been preaching. Philippians chapter 4 and praying and we, we did two podcasts on there. I was able to, to do one again with uh, Powers and we enjoyed that. But the, the disciplines of the believer, I believe, are, are not, you know, it's not as inclusive right here to this one place. But they're spelled out here to where as a believer of God uh, and a Christian, we can walk ourselves through different things. Well, when Paul writes the encouragement here for Timothy, I think we can take these seven verses and really look at them and end on what we believe is true, which, which is obviously what, the, obviously what the Word of God is. But let's, let's take this, this text right here, 2 Timothy 3. Uh, we're going to pick up in 10, and here's, here's what it says. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. Now, let's take this. We're going to take it verse by verse, and we're just going to walk through what we believe uh, the text is speaking to us and what helps us. So the question is, and you heard the quote earlier as I read it, the, the, the basic teachings of, of the Lord are the teachings. Like uh, whether you like it, Mike says when the text stinks, let it stink. Uh, whether it tastes good or not, you know, there's just there's things that are taught in the Bible that we believe, okay? And so as a believer, there's also things that help us to cope and deal with life. And we talk about it all the time. Who, you know, we have hope, and we have hope because of Jesus. Um, those who don't know Jesus, we would say are unbelievers. We really don't know how they function in life. Like that struggle, man, it's really hard. And so for us, we take this text, and we start to look at it. And when Paul writes the encouragement to Timothy, he says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine. Now, let's, let's look at this. Paul sets apart, draws a line here to say that, as a believer, Timothy, you've done well here, okay? Uh, he, he's going to spend some other chapters talking through some other things, but when he starts this text here, but you have, he draws the line to set that apart and say, you have carefully followed the doctrine. The doctrine was what the Lord had taught Paul all through, uh, and, and obviously as we work through this text, and we're going to get down to talk about the Holy Scriptures, but through the time Paul and Timothy, Timothy's believed to, to have the Old, Old Testament scriptures, but not only that, God speaks and has taught. Well, obviously Paul mentored, not biologically uh, a son, but a son in the faith, and he'll say that. And he's going to talk about the fact that you have done well in these things, and one being the doctrine. Watch this statement. What we believe is how we live. Y'all agree with that? If you believe the word to be the word, and if we believe God's holy word is true, then we will live by the word. Amen? 
Like every day you guys work, uh, students, you don't work, you go to school, uh, what people put in you and what your core belief is, people will see. It'll bleed out. So I can tell a lot about you by how you act, what you say, uh, what kind of language you use, right? And, and I can learn because you're fruit. And we talked about this a couple months ago. You have fruit regardless if you say you do or not. I had this conversation with a brother Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have fruit. We don't have a choice to say, no, 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 I'm fruitless. Like, I don't do anything. I'm, I'm neutral. Well, the Bible would say, no, you're not. You have fruit. It's either good or it's bad. So it's, it's building up someone and encouraging or it's not, right? It's really hard to say you're a middle-of-the-road person. Well, Paul's just going to talk about the doctrine. Uh, when, and we would believe the doctrine is the teachings of the Word, obviously, as well. But the things that we do every single day. So for us, I love to say uh, it's our disciplines. You know, as a believer, uh, well, let's just take that off. Not as a believer. Let's just say you're a player in a game. You know, you got the plays. You know the plays. You got a playbook. You're really trying to do right. and You're trying to follow the script. Well, as a Christian believer, we believe we have the playbook, right? And we're going to name it in a minute, talk a lot about it. But the Holy Bible, the Word, and so when we start to work our disciplines, what does that look like for us? Well, uh, and we, I mean, I hope that you have a prayer life. I hope that you're studying. I hope that you're reading. I hope that you have accountability, praying, seeking, fasting, uh, supplication, all those things we talk about. I hope that as a believer you have those. If not, the question I want to put into your mind today is why? So when you leave here, I want you in your car going, well, why don't I work those disciplines or have habitual things that are in, in good for the gospel? Not bad habits, but good habits. Well, I hope you can get this out of this text today. Because he moves on to say this, the manner of life. Paul lived a Christian life that we know impacted Timothy for the good. Again, I said you can't have middle-of-the-road neutral fruit. You have good fruit or bad fruit. Now, you may say, well, I'm just kind of, well, again, at some point you're putting off something. Are you impacting somebody for the glory of God? Are you impacting somebody for the kingdom? Is your children seeing you, you know, if they always say, and I, I didn't say this, this is a quote, if you want to know the truth, ask a drunk or a child. That's what they say. So I, I can talk to your children today and really know how mom and dad is in the home. And that's a little uncomfortable, right? Because guess what? You can ask my kids the same. So he, here's what we know. Well, when we start to look at this manner of life, what does that look like? Again, it's the fruit statement. We got it. Is it, is it tasteful? Is it good? If not, Why? Well, we would say fertilize it, water it, prune it, man. The Lord does uh, some of that, but you have to have some effort into your life as well. So it takes us back to the Word. Then he moves through to say that there's a purpose that he has. And we all believe this, that, that Paul had a purpose and you have a purpose. And what we would encourage is for you to find your purpose in the Lord. Like, and me and Powers talked about this in the, uh, the podcast this week. I tell my kids to be who they are. But I always add, in Jesus or in Christ. You know why? Because the world is taking that, that statement and twisting it now just to be who you are and don't worry about anything. Well, that, that's an incorrect statement. If we believe the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, the teachings, the Word, the doctrine, then we know who we are created in Him and Him alone. And Psalm 139 teaches that as well. So we can't half-truth the statement. We would say this, be who you are, find your purpose, your purpose today, if you're breathing, it's for something. I, don't, I can't tell you. I can just tell you, generally speaking, you're called, according to Matthew 28, 
The Great Commission did not put church, church staffs and preachers in the text only, right? The call was for you. Go ye forth into all the nations, right? Share your faith. Behold, the Lord's with you always. All that. Y'all know that text. Well, that's a generalized purpose for you, okay? Uh, to, to be saved, to repent, to lead people to Jesus, okay? I, your purpose can get more in depth and there can be more things, but that's between you and Jesus. You have to find that. I'll tell you this, just sitting around the couch, not studying, praying, fasting, seeking, all those things, probably not going to find that, right? I mean, maybe God does some miraculous things and it's up to him, but we would say, get in the Word and let God speak to you. I mean, how many of us, when we're working our disciplines and we're studying through and we're looking at different things and are getting 25 different commentaries sent to us or devotions, God speaks into your heart through one of those during the day. Just, it's that, I mean, it's not just me, it's a bunch of y'all too. When we really get in the Word and we start to draw out, we, we see things, we learn more. Faith, faith in the Lord, faith in the things that we can't see, right? It's hard, it's a battle. It's, it's not works, but it is a, a tie in there that if you have it, it's going to produce it. We're going to see that. Faith in Jesus and who He is. Faith in the Word, man. Do we ever just look... I, I, think, I think the battle of what we're struggling with uh, as a church staff here lately and all the conversations we've talked through is people, that, they claim to love Jesus apart from the Holy Scripture. Like, he's over here, and then, and then the Bible and the doctrine's over here. But I love this guy, but I don't love the disciplines of this, right? And, and that's problematic. You can't love the head and not like the words he spoke, because he is then, right? He became flesh. You can't use Jesus as a flat, I mean, a spare tire, because you got a flat, and not find yourself in, in the doctrine. So it starts to be problematic. We look at these things, and it's like, man, I just want Jesus when I need something. I mean, that, that lends us to problems in our Christian life. But it's hard to function, right? You don't have any hope. You find yourself in a place where you're struggling get in the word right treat the word like you do your coffee you'll take 17 cups of coffee a day and you won't read 17 seconds of the word y'all tracking with that and he moves on and he says this long suffering Woo! don't pray for patience unless you're serious okay because god will give that to you but some of us ain't long suffering we're so quick tempered everybody frustrates you Right? You're that negative Nancy. If Nancy's in the house, I'm sorry. That's just a term. But what I'm saying is nobody wants to be around. It's a constant struggle. So much negativity. You don't have any grace, mercy. Be careful there. We're called to have patience. We're called to be easily listening, not struggling constantly and frustrated. And then love we see in the text here and. We would just say this is simple, but it's the hardest thing to do. It's a four-letter word that we struggle with. It's, it's across the board. Not only just love our families, love Jesus, but love the text, the word. We're going we're gonna to see what he ends this text with, a, with an incredible statement for us. But we should love others how Jesus loves us. Not how we think we should love, but how did God treat you? And I'm going to be honest with you. He, he didn't condemn you. He loved you. There's a balance there, though. Just don't abuse the grace and act like God doesn't care because he does. Sin is sin. 
Repentance is in place. He moves to say perseverance, run the race, fight the fight, battle the battle. We're in this thing for the long haul. I seen a, uh, a clip of a pastor this week preaching, and he says, I'm going to make a lot of you mad, but we lose here. We win there. That's what he said. He says, a lot of you is going to be mad at me, but the battle and sin and, and everything, God's going to take his wrath out. He just walks through this text. We have to fight the fight and run the race. God is faithful to us. If you call on his name, you're going to spend eternity with him. But it's going to be hard on this side. He never promised it's going to be easy, right? But he did promise he'd get us through it. And so when he, when he runs this text and he begins to look and we see these things, he moves to verse 11. Persever- or excuse me, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at uh, uh, Iconium, and Elystria, what persecutions I endured, and out of them... All the Lord delivered me. Now, watch this text. Perse- what, what, what's happening? Persecutions, afflictions. Paul, his persecutions may have looked different than yours, and we know they do, because the last time I checked, none of us in this room has been stoned or killed or treated differently. We know that in Antioch, we know this, he was kicked out of the city for preaching the gospel. In Iconium, he, uh, Paul was also stoned there, almost stoned. He, he got away. In Lystria, Paul was actually stoned and left to die. So Acts gives us a picture of these places that he names where their struggle was real. But out of them all, watch the text, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. The end deliverance for us is eternal security and life with Jesus, right? So that's the goal. You may suffer here for months, years, weeks, I don't know. But the end goal is we'll spend eternity with the Lord. And, And anything shy of that, it's just the grace from God. Like if, if our, you heard power say some, some people has a lot, some people don't. Whatever, whatever you have here, it's a heart condition of how you look at what you have. Is there, is there constant negativity, frustration? I don't have, I didn't give, you know, everybody rants. When we start to look at this and we say God's going to deliver us, he is going to deliver us. There. He didn't, he didn't promise a great run here. He's faithful and his will is perfect. And, and that's all I know how to do. I, 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 if you heard that podcast, I, I took a phone call this week and they wanted me to pray for healing. And I, and I did, but I, I, I'm not a healer. So I, I pray for the will of the Lord and whatever that looks like. Because whether we like it or not, the Bible tells us it's his will in his way. That's what it says, not mine. So, so when I'm praying, I ask, I don't, I don't want this lady to die. I, I want God's will to be done and whatever else like that. I do believe he can heal, but I do believe he's the healer. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how else to say, and I told this gentleman, I'm going to pray that the Lord's will be done. I, and I'll pray that he sees fit to give her more time to heal. But watch this, and I, and I told him this, and I don't know that he really liked it, but if she's a Christian, she will be healed. I promise. What I can't promise you is it's on this side. Like, I, I can't promise you you're going to be healed here. But what I can promise, according to his text, is when you cross into glory, right, you're going to be healed. And like two of y'all said amen. See, that's what I'm saying. We struggle on this side because we're supposed to be healed over here, right, right? No, no, no. The Word of God promises the healing over here. Th- this is where he says we'll live forever, get that new body, and whatever powers are going to walk through a wall. You know? I mean, 
That's the inside joke. But whatever we're doing, here's the deal. It's going to be over here. On this side of glory, you may not be healed. Your afflictions may be terrible. I don't know. You, the persecution, fill in what that persecution looks like. I can tell you that one scholar says persecution today could look socially. Like we struggle as believers by getting attacked by those sticks and stuff. I mean, the, the words, y'all know that little saying. Uh, things that we work through, you may not take a physical beating, but you could take some verbal abuse. You, you can really do that. You, you can take some ugliness because of where you stand. You're not, maybe you're not invited to certain groups or things or fill-in-the-blank parties, whatever they are anymore, because you're a believer. You, you could look at those and go, you know, there's, there's some afflictions there and persecutions. It's, it's going to look different. I don't think you're going to walk the sidewalk of OG today and take a rock to the head. You might. But what I do know, whatever the Lord has, according to the text, is what we're supposed to be good with having. Amen? Like we're truly supposed to be, God, I'm okay with it, according to your will, in your word, wherever you have me today, use me for your glory. It's not the easiest thing. But when we talk to people throughout the week that struggle and they don't pray and they don't seek and they don't dine, and watch this, Powers added this this week, there's no repentance of the sin that could really be a barrier to get you there. Have you ever felt unworthy to pray? I mean, there's people that struggle to pray because of their background or what they've done that week or the sin they committed two hours before. But God's faithful. You cry out to God wherever you're at. Hey, Power said don't leave your baggage out there. Bring it to the, to the altar of the Lord, right? He, he wants you dirty, ugly, nasty, however it is. But watch this. He don't want you to stay there. 2 Corinthians 5 17 says now you're new. He's made you new. He don't, he don't remodel. We, we say this all the time. He's not in the remodeling business. The text says he's in the renewing business. You're brand new when you leave there. Is there a possibility you got to work that out over a couple months? Yes. Could you struggle with addiction for months to get off of it? Yeah, absolutely. Could God heal it today? Yes. But it's God. You've got to be faithful to put it at the feet of Jesus with the faith of knowing and the reason you knew is because not only did you watch someone who's important in your life, as Timothy, Paul saying, hey, you've seen me live it, and you've lived it, but you've read it. Paul, I mean, excuse me, Timothy, since a kid, was getting the Holy Scriptures and doctrine and, and all the great things put into him, right? And so he knew, and Paul's going to bring that up in a minute, talk about, hey, you've known it for years. Some of you know more than we do, but you act on none of it. Right? Like the struggle. It's really on the believer to say, I want to change today and, and I'm going to pray and I'm going to repent and I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to ask Him to whatever it is. It's not on church staff. It's not on Mike's shoulders. He carries the weight of so much. He just really does. But it's not on Him. We, we, we preach the gospel. We really put out there Small group Sunday school, man, we're begging you to be involved, to be around people, right? To just let somebody put into you. Man, church, ladies, man, we do, we do all we can, right? Who, who is it ultimately come down to? You got to make the decision. At some point, you got to say, no more, I'm moving forward. 12 says this, yeah, yes, and all who deserve live, to live godly 
in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We talked about that. Uh, let me remind you that Jesus did say there's a cost in following him. He's been clear in the text all throughout the Gospels. There's a cost. You're going to have to give up a few things. If it has cost you nothing, ask yourself why. If you're the same today as the day that you believe to be saved, repented of your sin and changed from your way, if there is zero change in your life, ask yourself why. What, what really happened? And one great scholar said, you can't meet the living king and leave the same as you met. You can't. He said, it's impossible. If you truly meet the living king, Jesus Christ, then there's a process, transformation, sanctification. It's going to work out. You're justified by him and him dying and his blood, and then you're going to work that process out. And by the time, I'm just going to be honest with you, this is 2020, July 23rd. If you look the same today as you did July 23rd or 20. 13, 10 years ago, we would say, why? That's, that's a question you've got to look at, you've got to evaluate, and you've got to walk yourself through and go, what needs to change? And, and, and then, may, maybe this, maybe there just need to be some more challenges in your life. Like, like maybe you're really doing good. There's people in here that's really doing good, biblical, they teach for us, help, and they serve, all those great things. But, but maybe, maybe there's one more challenge that needs to be added. You're a little, you're just, you're just riding the line a little bit because it's easy. M maybe, maybe you just need a little more challenge in your life. I, I don't know. 13 says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Watch this. Evil men do not love Jesus and are typically not ashamed about it. An evil person is one that's easily spotted. You would know them. Whether they're in the church or not. I mean, just to be honest with you, you're going to know the intent of the evil person. They're open enemies to the cross. They're open enemies to the gospel. They don't care about Jesus. They don't care about you. They have evil intent. They was against Jesus and they still are. His teachings, his message, his way, his will. They want nothing to do with Jesus, right? These are evil men. Check this out. This word, imposters. Those are those who appear to love Jesus but don't. Then we're going to see the text where it says, these are the ones that appear to follow the Lord, but have no fruit. Or maybe they do have fruit, it's just fake. They can look like a Christian, but they really are not. They're the ones that would have a destructive force among the crowd of the group. Why? Because they're like a, a sheep in wool, or a wolf in sheep clothing, right? They're, they're inside there and they're they're causing issues. They will grow, as the text says, worse and worse. So the battle will get harder. Hey, Timothy. There's an urge here for Timothy to go back. It's what the, they believe is in the writing, to, to push back into Rome, to get back in there. He's, he's encouraging. Hey, Timothy, look, there's going to be issues down there. There's evil people. You're going to spot them. There's imposters that you may struggle to know, but you're going to know them, and it can be worse and worse. Why? Because they, they're deceiving and they deceive. That's two different things right there. Watch this. Deceiving and being deceived. Here's a beautiful picture of what one scholar said. You can truly be deceived and not know it and then deceive others. So I can teach you false teachings and you really think it's right and you go teach others. That, that, that's, uh, that's being deceived. The deceiving one would be me teaching you false teachings on purpose in hope that you go do it again. And then you replicate it. And I think that there's no greater time in the world than we see what? 
false teaching. Somebody say, seven of y'all awake. Hallelujah. I mean, you're in a time where we say marriage is same sex. It doesn't matter anymore. Who are you to say that two men or men can't marry two women? I, hey, I can't believe you would, you would even speak against that. No, no, no. Feel about, look, let's get off of that because it seems like we're around on homosexuality. Let's get over here. What about this? I read this. Sexual immorality is at an all-time high. Here's what I was told by a brother one time. I really want my child to try marriage before they really get married because I don't want them to end up in divorce. The statistics behind sexual immorality, divorce, are higher than a married couple divorce. So the try before you buy statistics are worse than doing it godly and saving sex for marriage. Because here's what they do say. Sex before marriage is just priceless and costs you nothing, and all you do is pray on someone to give it. Now check this out. Post-marriage, the correct way, sex, is a beautiful picture of multiplication and reproduction in the Word and in the God for the reason of enjoyment among married people for the glory of God to push forward to raise godly children. The arrows in your quiver. I don't know how I got on that ramp, but somebody needed it, right? <laughs> it's the text. It's what we do. It's the deceiving of where we're at. Do you grow daily? Do you want to grow daily? Is your growth daily bad? That's what we say. Man, it's like a broken record. You're like, you've said that 30 times. Yeah, but we're trying to get, here's our mind is, if I don't study, if I don't do my devotions, if I don't have accountability, I grow the wrong way. Y'all tracking with that? I grow, some of y'all trying to get them cucumbers or green beans to grow a certain way. You'll go out there and that, that, that vine's done ran off down this way. Well, it grew. It just went the wrong way. If we're not careful, we grow, and we grow the wrong way. Maybe you're in the season, but get out of the season. Get out of the season. Ask the Lord. Repent. Seek, pray, fast, study. Do them. Make your order up. Repentance is there. Ask God to use you for his glory. Is it possible to be deceived by others and think you're doing right, and so your influence is tainted? Absolutely. Absolutely. And be careful of who you follow and where you follow. I had a guy tell me one time, if you truly, if someone tells you something, you truly want to know, go try to find it in the Bible. And if you struggle to find it, then get some outside help. But pray to the Lord that he would open your eyes and see. There's, there's things that I've probably taught unintentionally, incorrectly years ago. Uh, I still grow. I still try to read. I, I'm not here. I'm not a scholar. I, I'm a student of the Word. I'm really trying to do better. But check this out. If I never get in the Word and ask God to show me, I'm only leaning on what somebody told me, right? And so if that person was deceived unintentionally, guess what? There's a good chance he gives me some, some bad information, right? It's, it's, it seems simple, but it's not. I, I promise you these are hard disciplines. Uh, I, I wanted to reach out to some coaches this week and get some good – I ought to get Coach P and Mike back there. He was on fire in Sunday school the other day. Look, he, there's disciplines – that we work through, right? There's disciplines. It's, it's, it's in sports. It's everywhere in our life. These are the disciplines that keep us on track moving forward for the glory of the Lord. 14 says this, But you must continue in these things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing them from who you have learned them. Hey, parents and grandparents, you're influencing your kids. Here's what Paul says. Remember Timothy who put them into you. We know in the text. Remember how long you had them. 
continue in them. They was good, godly teachings. Okay? They was good, godly teachings. Keep doing it. It's beautiful. You have the insurance to know who you are and who you are in the Lord. And we see these things play out. Do them. Don't forget who, who taught you. You know how you learn them. 15 says this, And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise, watch this word, for what? Salvation. Through faith, which is in Jesus Christ, which is the only way to have it. Through faith in Jesus. Not, not of works, lest any man can boast. In faith, in faith, in faith. But here's the beautiful part. The text, we said it a while ago, the Holy Scripture, the Word of God, is for us to, one, and first and foremost, get saved. Repent of our sin, turn, and quit doing things that are sin. Sometimes we'll rename a sin and call it, what, a mistake, or I messed up, or... Because we don't want to call it what it is. When you get personal with God, he'll get personal with you. Name your sin. I'm going to be honest with you. Over the, the last years, I find myself to name the sin that I struggle with. Because guess what? He knows anyway. You're trying to dance around, God, forgive me all the sins I did today. Well, he knew them all. You might as well name them. Make it personal and let God do a work in your life, right? If you have an addiction, ask God to help you with addiction. You know, whatever that, we all have our issues. Whatever our sin is, get personal. Let the Holy Scripture, which we talked about, which is believed to be the Old Testament, likely, uh, since Timothy would have had it, but more so now, here we are today looking at a complete Bible, 66 books that we believe in, and we're looking at it, and the gospel is good news for salvation to those who don't know Jesus, right? To those who are perishing, they say it's foolishness. That's another whole text that we're not preaching today. But listen, the Bible, by the way, I was in Walmart yesterday getting school supplies, and kudos to Walmart, they had like 17 Bibles for sale. Like, I don't know, maybe I've been dumb. I've never seen them for sale at Walmart, but shout out to Walmart right there who takes all our other money. At least they had some Bibles in the house. Amen? So in case you was wondering, a good little Thomas Nelson uh, row there, Powers. I, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Walmart and Summerton. We just took, hey, went, never been there, just took a whole nother route. Went to Summerton anyway. Chase a little rabbit there. If you need a Bible, Walmart's got one, and so does Union Hill. Amen? Get you a Bible and get in it. That's what we're preaching today. The gospel is the good news for salvation. Watch this. We can name it, and a lot of people do nothing wrong with that. It's the blueprints, the guardrails, the playbook. It's our lifeline. It's the food for life. If you're not dining on the Holy Scripture, man, I just encourage you to change your habits, right? Some of y'all are getting hungry. It's only 11.26. We got plenty of time, okay? Well, dine on the Word. Let that hunger be translated into the Word. I'm just being honest with you. I, I, this is another little funny I'm going to give y'all. I, I preached a couple weeks ago at a church. I'm not going to say where. It was that way. And um, I finished up, and they're like, hey, every week, straight up, we try to beat y'all to the red light. I got to laughing. I said, what? And they're like, hey. Every week, it's like when Union Hill gets out, if you don't beat them in the red light, they're going to get every place in Hueytown to eat. I got the last day. Anyway, I thought that was funny. They paid me to hold y'all to 1230 today, so <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a minute. I'm just kidding. Now, watch this. Here's our text. This, is, this was truly, all that was a setup to get to a place to where when we start to look through here, and we, we're talking about 15 in our childhood, the Holy Scriptures, they make us wise in salvation, Okay. That's our goal, and then it's to disciple others, take that, build on it. Man, we're building blocks. Foundation can't be sand. Y'all have heard all those teachings. We're going to get to a place to where we're going to camp just a minute on 16. Watch. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God 
and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, we're, we're not stopping there, but we're going to stop there for just a minute. Y'all want to know what all translates to right there? All. All Scripture. Check this out. It's given by the inspiration of God. You either got to believe it's what it is or you don't. You, you cannot believe that the Bible is half true. Like as a believer, you, you can't struggle with, look, there's things in here none of us like. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. You know, there's things we struggle with in the text. There's things that apply. That there's, I'm just telling you. You have to believe the word is the word. And when he spoke the word, here's why. It's God breathed. Do you know the only other thing God ever breathed life into? You. He spoke everything else into existence. God breathed life into you. God loves you. He created you in his image. According to the text right there in Genesis, soon after he does that, you, he created man according to the likeness of himself, right? So here, here it is. It's God-breathed, God-spoken, God-given for me and you. It's more than just Old Testament. It's a whole Bible. And it's for you to take and dine and eat and nourish your body to grow in Him. One may believe in the inspiration of the Bible in principle. Watch. Watch this. But not in practice. How many of us know the playbook? Know the guardrails, know the blueprints, know the Holy Spirit. We ain't doing none of it. Is it possible to know the Bible, do nothing on campus for the glory of God, but speak truth in your workplace? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say this. If, if we know the Holy Scripture and we love it as much as Jesus loves it in the church, we're going to want to serve God for the glory of God, right? And if he puts you at Union Hill to do that, then Union Hill is only the tool and the place that you're going to serve for the glory of God, right? Like we're, we're going to go to Romania at the end of September. Kirlar's daddy's with us in the house. I, I'm sorry, I didn't know your name, daddy. But right there, Romania, we're going, we're going to where he's at. Okay, is he translating us too right now? That's even better. Could I get his translator up here? No, she wouldn't come up here. His translator's with us. Jonathan, where is Jonathan? Jonathan the Bolton. Look, I've totally forgot what I was saying because that. Hey, I love you, brother. Anyway, I, I know what I said. Serve God for the glory of God wherever He's put you. But, but I truly believe, I truly believe we got some Bo Jacksons in here on the bench, right? We've got some awesome servants of God who ain't helping us serve. I'm just plugging serving real quick. We, we could use more servers all the time, so don't, don't ever think you couldn't. But God's got a purpose for you. God's got a purpose. Watch this. Profitable for doctrine. The truth about the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sin, man, the fall, all of it is profitable. Why? Because that's what brings us to repentance, to know we're sinners from from the great first parents fall, so they say. Reproof, the authority to rebuke us as needed. Hey, as a believer, you're, you're no different. You're a child of the king, just like you discipline yours out of love and rebuke and change and correct. Here's what the text is good for. For correction, the same. There's the authority there for, for us to be corrected. This is what the Bible holds. This is, this is the God-inspired text and why it's profitable. For instruction in righteousness. Check this out. 
the guidance and the direction to live a righteous life as a Christian slash believer, whatever you call yourself, compared to the false unrighteousness life that Paul lived prior to Jesus. It's the text. It's the Bible. It's the God-breathed scriptures. What it gives us power to do is to live a righteous, right life because of God, not us. Like when we get to heaven, we're only going to get to go there by the righteousness of God, right? Because he covered our sin and speaks for you. And so you're going to go there as an adopted son. It's like a beautiful picture of why you get to go spend eternity with him. Not on you. And, and hey, that's a word too because maybe you're here and you're like, you, you don't know my background and how ugly and dirty and filthy and what, how much sin and what sin I did this morning and brrr, feeling all that. The righteousness of God can cover all that in repentance. If you'll repent, the righteousness of God will cover all that. And, and, and here's another good, uncomfortable text. Once you repent in the eyes of God, I might not have did that sin, but you know what? Me and you are the same in the eyes of God. And here's what he's called us to do as believers. Love that new person. And sometimes that's hard because, look, he's telling us to love some wicked people. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would tell you this. If they're repented of their sins and they're a new person, they're not a wicked person. They're a new person, right? There's newness that covers that. God forgives and to God be the glory, because if not, we're all in trouble. All of us. Now, 17. Here it is. Y'all ready? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The man of God. Here we go, here we go. It's not just male. It's the man of God, female of God, woman of God here. That you may be complete. Have you ever thought about what that looks like? I'm going to be honest with you, studying this way, I'm like, well, complete. Hold on a minute, that's a whole new deal. The man of God, right, can be complete. The Bible provides all we need and will guide you in all directions needed if you submit to its authority, Jesus Christ. He will, and you'll be complete. So lacking nothing. Now, how do we grow spiritually? Uh, I believe we grow as much as you want to grow in him as he reveals. But we would say this, there's no special anything you get later. You get Jesus and everything with him then. Some of us just don't know we have it. <laughs> Amen. Like, like some of us are missing the boat on just how much God has put in us and how big it, we are for the glory of him. Not us, but the picture. God has a purpose for you. And, and some, sometimes we just we get in these places and we're like, oh man, I'm just not, I'm not worthy. No, no, no. He, did, he didn't call the equipped. He equips the call. So once he calls you and you're saved, he starts to put the tools in you, right? But really, that was there. Psalm 139 says, when he created you in your mama's womb, low in the lower parts. It's a beautiful picture for you to argue about how important you are. Jesus knew you before your mom and dad was really married either, right? He, he knew you so far back, I can't explain. And he, he wrote that. So he says this, Hey, beautiful part of being complete. Now, check this out. Thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly. Hey, Powers, you can come on up. I'm going to do you like you did me. Let you stand here 10 minutes. Whoever's coming with Powers, y'all come on. Just stand here 30 minutes. Thoroughly equipped. Which means thoroughly equipped. Y'all with me? I, I, can't, I can't hit a home run even. You're thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work for the glory of God. I'll go back to what Powell said earlier. Not good works of yourself and things of what you have or don't have or anything you ask aimlessly, as James teaches. You know all those great words. 
If the motive's wrong, I'm not promising you anything. But when the motive's right and the heart's right, God says you're thoroughly equipped. So like you have checked the list, double-checked the list, triple-checked it, thoroughly equipped. You're, you're covered. Like some of y'all, you know, if you're in woodworking, you'll measure two or three times and cut once. You're doing that because you don't want to mess up. You just keep checking thoroughly. You're going over and over and over. God has done the work in you that he's going to do as long as you repent and ask him, God, do the work. And it's done. It's the most easy, free gift that's the hardest to get. Like, to convince somebody they need Jesus is, like, difficult. Y'all agree with that? Because everybody loves Jesus, right? Especially when they need him. Like, especially when things go bad and I have to call on him and then get you to pray, and you to pray, and you to pray. And now we're just panicking because we, we need this Jesus that really uh, we've heard about but we're not intimate with. We don't have a relationship with God. Is there anybody in the house that's got a best friend they ain't talked to in two years, just but they're your best friend? I would say, no, they're not. No. You're not going to convince them unless, they, unless they've passed on to glory. But go home and don't talk to your wife for six months. Some of y'all go try that. Don't try that. No, it don't work. If you're intimate with and you love your spouse, it's like you're going to talk to Jesus. You're going to repent, pray, seek, fast, study. You're going to work the disciplines. you got to work your disciplines. you, you got to walk down through there. It's like things that I want. It's not, it's not a checklist. Oh, my gosh, he's legalistic. No, I'm not. It's habits that make you more biblical and grow you in the faith. It's like what puts in you for the glory of God. It, it's, not, it's not a legalistic checklist. It's what, if you don't do, you won't grow. You're going to struggle. And I'll say this, if you do it, you're going to grow and you're going to struggle. Amen? This world's hard. We're in a battle. Equip yourself for the battle. Equip yourself for the run. So here's, here's the question. Are you a believer in the house today? Are you saved and know Jesus? Do you know that? Because look, you can play with that, but if you die today, you're going to need to know. <laughs> you're going to stand before God. And, and if you are, and your disciplines are terrible, I'm going to encourage you to get better disciplines. Start over. Maybe you're living in sin. Repent of that sin and get out of there. That's bondage. You're living in bondage that God set free, right? We talk about that all the time. Unforgiveness. Remember we said it's like you drinking poison waiting on them to die. It hurts you more than them. Get out of that. Repent. Seek God. Whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever your case is. God's big enough. Amen? The Bible is true. The teaching here, the Word of God, the Holy Scripture, through His Lord. I want to pray, and we're going to worship God. And you do business with God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your Son. God, we thank you for life, repentance, God, the blood, the cross. We thank you for the opportunity to come to you because your Scripture allows it. And God, it's good. When it don't taste good, help us, God. But it's good. Every day I pray that we do the things you've called us to do. We pray for a lost soul in here today. Somebody that needs repentance, needs you as their Savior. God, to you be the glory. We love you and we praise you in God's name.